<laughs> Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. And we're taking a look ahead at the week. I can't believe it is already, what, the second full week of October, the fall. Oh, my gosh. Well, sorry, I was a bit late this morning. I... Uh, got caught up in some music and I want to share this with everybody because it's wonderful music by a woman named Karen Drucker, Karen with a K and Drucker D as in dog, R-U-C-K-E-R. And it was, uh, it's an album called Gifts of the Spirit. And ages ago when I had my own store, a metaphysical bookstore, it is one of the most wonderful things that you get to do when you own your own business, playing music, right? So we, <laughs> we played this music all the time. So it was, I was like going down memory lane uh, and I was also just caught up in all the beauty of the words that she speaks in these songs, plus her wonderful, beautiful voice. So good morning to Tom. Oh my goodness. He says, happy Canadian Thanksgiving. Okay. And happy birthday to Asa, star sister from another Mista, uh, Anutta, Anutta Mista. And Kathleen Mallory, good morning. And yes, happy birthday to Asa, who is on her way to the beach to enjoy some uh, much needed rest and relaxation, I would guess. Uh, I know that it's chilly, probably too chilly for swimming. But indeed, just that morning air on a beach, ah, it's amazing. That's why I love living where I live. And let's see, good morning, Val. Good morning to you. I don't think we've seen you in a while. V Val J. Tarot, it's wonderful to, to see you and everybody else checking in with us this morning. So uh, let's chat a minute about what it is we're going to talk about today. Um, first of all, I noticed that we're starting the week with the moon uh, in the void, right? So the moon starts the week in the void, the work week, which means the moon is wandering around a bit. And as we move at to up to 1015, my time, West Coast time, uh, 115 for those of you on the East Coast, the moon moves out of the sign of Sagittarius and into Capricorn, breaking the void. So then we start the week with a Saturn influence. And that's interesting to me because yesterday Saturn moved direct out of his retrograde where he's been since um, late April, early, I think it was actually May. And now things can begin to slowly, steadfastly move forward. Always great to see these bigger planets or these outer world, outer uh, solar system planets begin to change direction to forward, because that means that all of the work that we've been doing on the inner realms, uh, all of the work that we've been doing to um, catalyze change that will eventually be shown on the outside has been completed. And that has been an inner journey for these last several months. And now we get to launch some things further outward into the outer world. Now, when we look at the fact that the moon is moving into the sign of Capricorn, there is a Saturn relationship there, right? Saturn being the planet that rules the sign of Capricorn. And after Capricorn, we move into Aquarius. Their moon moves into Aquarius. And that is also Saturn territory. So literally the whole week seems to have this theme. And the theme 
uh, is about Saturn, and that takes us at least up till the end of this week. When we get into the weekend, we change up the energy some as then Jupiter begins to prepare for his change from retrograde into direct and mercury follows closely on jupiter's heels on monday a week from today turning direct so we have some really some some powerful time this week without a whole lot of interference from other planets to really consider what is saturn bringing us in our lives and what can we learn from saturn now, Saturn is a planet of duty and responsibility. He is more of the taciturn, stern, father figure, authority figure kind of planet in the pantheon of characters that are here in our solar system. And as we think about all of the different things that, that Saturn can bring to us, it is mostly lost on us, I think, that Saturn's need to make us focus or to become more disciplined has a purpose and its purpose is to bring us success and that's not a word that we often marry with Saturn but indeed is a huge part of the Saturn expression so today we're going to really talk about Saturn and his movement from direct and into the moon into Capricorn and then I want to take a look at a little bit deeper at Saturn and what it is that might trigger us to not move forward with Saturn's, you know, energy moving us forward. And then there's a, a minor aspect that I think begins the week that we need to talk about. And other than that, um, we have a fairly quiet week. It's more a week, I think, for us to do some work on the inner planes in prep for expressing things on the outer world. So let's dig in, shall we? So the void, of course, again, is a void, of course, moon. For those of you who are new and may not understand, the moon usually at some point toward the end of a transit of a sign will begin to move into what we call the void. And the void is just a time when the moon is not making any other new connections, right? There's nothing new happening. So we often think of it as a time when the moon is wandering, sort of just going back and around, kind of waffling, not making any new timing decisions. Decision-making can get caught up. Um, projects or programs that we're working on can get slowed down by the void. It's not a good time to start something new when the moon is in the void because it's not a time where we have sort of that the the green light or the the go sign. So we watch for the void so that we aren't trying to push ourselves against the river, if you will, or pushing ourselves into something that the timing isn't about. Now, once the void is broken and he moves, uh, the moon, she moves into Capricorn, we're in Saturn's conservative realm. Conservative. And this isn't a, a note of politics. This has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the energy of holding space, of creating something sustainable so that we can have energy that's going to take us through the long haul, if you will. It is something, it is a time, it is a planet that, that concerns uh, sustainability over the course of time, right? Sustaining over time so that we can see that um, tomorrow we're not going to have something that upends, right? That changes on us. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have change. It doesn't mean that those kinds of things don't happen. But the idea here is to create from an eye toward conserving 
and sustainability. And then a little bit later in the week, when the moon moves into Aquarius, it'll be more about preserving. So how do we preserve, conserve, and uh, create from a, a more sustainable nature? So primarily when the moon moves into Capricorn, we're dealing with time. And time is of utmost importance here because everything that we do on this planet because it is a planet steeped in time, has to do with doing things in the correct right timing. Now, the other thing is that timing isn't in our hands. <laughs> it's not necessarily up to me to decide when. It's up to me to be intuitively guided to the signs or to the divine impetus to begin something or to end something or to continue on in a certain way. So time is all about making the correct decisions for you, right? For yourself. And really, I love to default to human design here because in human design astrology, timing is a part of the spleen center. It's actually a part of almost every center. Timing is about doing things in the right way at the right time with the right people and the right opportunity so that we can follow a path of success or experiences that lead us to success or to growth or to evolution. And in the sign of Capricorn, not only is time important as a decision-making tool, it's also about our future security. So the decisions that we make now, the decisions that we make in this week, are really uh, holding us to sort of a, a bit of a, an eye to the future. Can we create something now of a sustainable nature that will last or stand the test of time and take us into a future, right? So future security, future stability, and future uh, connection decisions that connect us to that stable future. There's also responsibility here when we're talking Capricorn energy. It is all about self-discipline. Saturn behind the scenes here is creating this path of our learning to keep our commitments, both the ones that we make to ourselves and the ones that we make to others. But keeping commitments has a lot to do with entering into commitments correctly. Again, a human design connection, right? where our type and our strategy and our authority, three words, right? The three keys that are gonna help you be in the right place, right time, right people, right opportunity, are um, gonna lead us to making the decisions that are correct for us, me as an individual, you as an individual. Because what's correct for one person doesn't necessarily mean it's correct for others. We have to learn to be the adult in our own lives and to make the decisions that we know are correct for us. And I'm going to give you kind of an example from a client I was working with yesterday. Short, uh, a short interaction that was actually about um, her deciding to do something that she really wanted to do but being afraid of what her friends or her parents might think about that decision. And I said, well, what's the worst that's going to happen if you follow your heart and do what you want to do? And she said, well, my parents are going to judge me for it. And I said, and kind of that little hanging thing there. And what does that mean? Are they going to stop loving you? Are they, are you going to die because your parents don't approve of what it is that you're doing? And it was an interesting conversation and it made me think about what's going on in 
uh, human design and astrology right now with these planets. First, Pluto moved direct, then Saturn moved direct yesterday, Jupiter and Mercury both moving direct as we come up into the weekend and next Monday. And then right now, the sun moving through the spleen center of your human design chart that triggers all of the fears. So this is a time of year when naturally fear comes to the surface. And if you're not willing yet to do what it is that you really feel like you need to do, that Saturn in terms of, of uh, discipline and keeping your commitments to yourself and to others is uh, asking of you, then it is only because that you're stuck in a fear, right? A fear rut or a paralysis. That's what we often uh, call the um, the energies of fear in the spleen is they create paralysis points for us where we get stuck, where we can't push through. And whatever it is I said to her, pushed her through that fear enough that she committed, right? She made that commitment. So I think that's a point that we can all take this week is what are we afraid to commit to for whatever reason, right? And look through the fear. It may be that there's more there to the story than what you've thought, right? It may be that the fear is false evidence appearing real, but it could also be that legitimately you have an intuition that the timing isn't right, but you won't know that unless you actually dive into what it is that's stopping you. So being responsible, right? Responsibility is about learning to respond to opportunities, learning to respond to doing what it is that is correct for you. And again, likely this is all based in desire energy, right? Desires. What do you want? And if you are doing what you want to do, then Fear is only telling you that you're on the right track, right? That you're pushing through because you're on the right track. If you are not doing what you love to do because of the fear, then it could be a call for you to really look back in there and what it is, what is it that is holding you to that fear field? And it's likely something from the past. At least if it's in these first few days of this week, it could be something coming up from the past because Capricorn and Saturn and the moon in Capricorn bring us the emotional, maybe control issues or authority issues, father issues uh, coming up from our past, right? So be the adult, make the decisions that are right for you. Make the decisions that you can commit to because it is correct for you. Okay. And if you're new here and you don't really know what I'm talking about, or you don't understand what I mean by type strategy, authority, and what is doing what is correct for you, go to my website at living-astrology.com and request your free human design chart and your free human design report. They come together. And actually, I'm going to take a moment and type in the website here for all of you who might be new. And hello, Jolie. It's good to see you. And uh, hello, Irene from Sweden. Great to see you too. And Ma Jules, good morning. And it's great to see you too. Uh, Jennifer Davenport, hello. Carol, good morning. And Mimi, good to see you. Good day, star fam from Tom. I love it. <laughs> All right, everybody. So um, so don't be afraid, right? Live by your type, your, your authority, right? Do what you need to do for you. Now, this is a great time today, tomorrow, the next day, and even into Thursday and Friday to set goals, 
to kind of delve into what are your goals or your aspirations or your ambitions? What do you want? Define them. Define the goals. You don't have to get so specific that it's down to every minute detail, but you can add some details to what it is that you desire. Maybe you desire to, well, to start a business maybe, or to uh, find a job or to change jobs, to get into a relationship, to leave a relationship, whatever your goals are, it's time to define them. And then the next thing about goals and ambitions, and how's this for quick change this morning, I wrote down hard work. And then I went, no, I don't like that. I don't like that idea of hard work. But how about diligently working toward your goals, right? Diligence, due diligence, right? Doing what you need to do in order to get to where you want to go. You can set goals all you want, but if you don't take the steps forward, then are you really going to get there? Right. That's a question. So you have, you know, in in uh, astrology speak, Saturn represents hard work, doing the hard work. I don't like that idea that thing that work has to be hard, but it does have to be diligent. Right. You do have to be able to put forth the effort because the biggest thing that Saturn brings us is success. It's not necessarily the word that we think of with Saturn, but Saturn can bring us success accomplishments, recognition, and reward for achieving our goals. Even if it's just you rewarding yourself with a pat on the back, you stuck with it, you did it, you made that decision, and now I'm, you know, fully behind it, I'm responsible, I'm going forward, I'm going to keep that commitment. So success is part of the Saturn energy, part of the Capricorn energy, part of the um, uh, Aquarian energy that comes later here in the week. So the time when Saturn was in retrograde was us for us to do the planning, right? To be able to look at, well, where do we want to go to reevaluate some things? And we still have Jupiter and Mercury in retrograde to help us sort of do that still. But now with Saturn, it's time to move forward, right? It's now to, it's time to be in charge of your life. It is time to take charge of yourself and of your energy and of your momentum. It is time for respect, respecting yourself enough to do what you want to do, to take authority in your own life. These are all buzzwords, by the way, for Capricorn as well as Saturn energy. The moon and Capricorn just bringing it up as it's the right timing for us to take care of this. Um, authority also brings us into father issues, father authority, authenticity, your reputation, things that you do by default, because that's the way you were raised, right? Because your parents did it this way, that you do it this way, or that you think this way because your parents thought that way, or because you were educated a certain way. So it can be a time for us to really take a look at some of those things that we hold ourselves to that are of the past, but are not necessarily supportive of us moving into the future. So that's a huge part of what we can get through this particular week. Now, when we look at the energy of a sign or of a planet, we also take a look at the more negative side, right? The, the lower frequency energy of the sign of the planet. So if we take a look at the lower frequency of the moon transiting through Capricorn and the lower frequency energy of Saturn's involvement here, we can see that there's this lack of joy energy that can come up. There's pessimism instead of optimism. There's inflexibility instead of flexibility. And there can be self-justification. 
instead of self-discipline, right? Or instead of mastery, we have self-justification. So we want to be able to move out of those lower frequency energies and into our higher frequency energies. In the body, there's always a correlation with a sign and with a planet to the body and what the uh, what we might see in the body. And sometimes I think about the, the body correlations as what is it, what aches or pains or problem that's cropping up in the body can be correlated or traced backwards a little bit to a planet or to a sign or to a house in your own astrology chart and maybe where we have uh, encrusted energy or something where we've we've held on to something too long and when we're talking the body with saturn we look at the bones and we look at the joints and all the connective tissues so the ligaments and the tendons and actually the bones the skin right is also a part of the expression of capricorn and saturn so the skin, because it connects us, it holds us together, it forms structure, it, it keeps everything inside, right? Without your skin, your bones, your muscles, and everything would be exposed to the outer uh, world, to the elements of the world. The teeth are also a part of the Saturn and Capricorn experience, the gallbladder, gallstones, things that go wrong in, the, in that um, uh, gallbladder area, and then knees are also a part of Saturn. And I know at various times in my life, I've had issues um, with each of those areas. Um, so when we're thinking bones and joints, it might be things like bursitis or arthritis or rheumatism or even breaking bones or having um, sprains and things that put stress on those connective tissues can be a Saturn function or can be a Capricorn function in your chart. These are not one-to-one -one things, however. So just because you might have had a problem with your knee, it doesn't mean that Saturn caused it. So causation isn't a part of it, just correlation. Right. So we look at it and we see, hmm, are you resisting commitment? Are you resisting defining your goals? Are you um, half heartedly engaged in something? So we can look at those things and it can help us to determine in the by the body what it is that we need to do, how we can course correct, if it, as it were. Uh, good morning, Natasha. She says, good morning to all. May the weeks ahead bring love, grace, and inner strength to be what is in our lives. Good morning, Stephanie Worth. By the way, that's an awesome uh, thing, Natasha. And it was awesome to see you this weekend. Uh, we had a uh, rock and crystal show and there were um, people there, vendors there. And I got myself a pair of, of you can't, Maybe you could sort of see their jellyfish earrings to kind of go with my heckle and jekyll on the wall back there. Um, so it was kind of funny when I saw that. I went, oh, I got to have that. And I saw Natasha there who was doing readings for people. Christine Buckingham, good morning to you. And uh, I see that people are still wishing um, uh, Asa a happy birthday. M3 Industries, diligence isn't very sexy, but it sure is effective. You are so right. Right. And anytime we're talking about Saturn, are we really talking about sexy? Uh, I don't know. I think we are talking about some of the more important things that we have to do, but they're not necessarily sexy. But let me tell you what is sexy. Success right? Success is sexy. And that is what we're aimed for when we are dealing with Saturn. Now, um, 
Yeah, it was great to see you too. Sorry to miss the show. Fairy schedule messed my schedule up. I thought so, Carol, because um, even my own son who lives in Friday Harbor is having trouble trying to get over here. Something is up with the ferry system big time here, like canceling uh, sailings and what have you. It's just, it's kind of a mess. So people who think they're coming over here to the mainland can't get here. And if we wanted to leave the mainland to go to the islands, we can't get there. <gasps> kind of crazy. Um, okay, now let's take a look at some of the things that might interrupt our flow with Saturn, getting our goals set, getting discipline in order, uh, being responsible, being ambitious, and um, having uh, and taking charge of our lives. Because right now, as I said earlier in the broadcast, we also have the sun moving, actually sun and Mercury and Mars all moving through gates in our chart. Uh, in our human design of in the spleen and the spleen center is the center for where, where fear lies, right? Where fear is. So where we have Saturnian pressure, let's say it's uh, not necessarily a pressure, but it can be. And I'm going to show you why in just a minute where we have that pressure to do something, to take something and go out in the world with it. Um, we have fear that is automatically going to be triggered for us. And I, I'm going to show you a human design chart right now. Let me share my screen. And is it a window or a tab? It's going to be a window. Haha, -ha, it is. Here we go. So what y'all should be seeing right now is a human design chart. And in this human design chart are all of the energy centers that the moon is going to be transiting through while she is in the sign of Capricorn and Capricorn being that sign that is ruled by Saturn. So every gate that we have here that the moon is going to sit at is going to have a Capricorn influence or a Saturnian influence. This is not the one I wanted to show you. Stop sharing. Uh, this is the one that I started with, but not the one I wanted. So one moment here while I get the correct one. It's funny because when I was looking at this this morning, when, before I started the broadcast, I went, oh, uh, there it is. And then I went, wait, there's something wrong with that chart, but I didn't go back and check it. Uh, now I know what was wrong. It's the wrong chart. So video share screen window. There we go. Now we have the right one. So moon and Capricorn and these gates then are all going to have a Capricorn flare, but also Saturn uh, influences in it. So today, as the moon makes its transition out of Sagittarius and into Capricorn, we're going to come to the gate of self-love. Actually, we're already at this gate because as uh, the moon is transiting out of Sagittarius, we have the gate 10 as a part of Sagittarius experience and then moving us into Capricorn as well. And it is called the gate of self-love. It is, I think, one of the primary gates where the soul sits that takes us into what we have to do in order to live our best lives, right? We have to be able to love ourselves because if we can't even love ourselves, how do we love others, right? How do we, how, how can we possibly share of ourselves in the world in an appropriate high energy, high frequency way, if the love that we need to share isn't even given to ourselves. So we start this moon in Capricorn with an idea how much do I love myself or how do I not love myself or how, what do I do that is 
could be considered not self-loving, right? So here's where that begins. We then move down here to the root center. And can I lift this up? Maybe I can make it a little bigger. Let's take a look here at the root center because most of the gates that the moon will sit at in, in uh, Capricorn are on the root center. And the root center in your human design chart is a pressure center. It is the pressure for us to move out into the world. It's our interface with the earth, right? The root center is the interface with the earth. For each of us as individuals, the root center itself has an energy created uh, like stress energy. And the stress energy is for us to move out. It's the drive for us to do. It pushes us outward and it pushes us to evolve, right? That's its energies for evolution. And the next gate that we go to from the gate 10 of self-love is to the gate 58 of joy. This is joy. And note that joy is not sitting over here on the emotional center, on the solar plexus. It isn't an energy of emotion. It is a format energy. It is a grounding energy. It is um, an energy that creates the foundation of who we are here on the planet or who we are here to be. We're expressions of joy in action on the planet. The moon will trigger that and we'll be faced with, are we, are we in alignment with our own bliss? Are we uh, creating joy? Are we feeling joy? Or are we, uh, are we looking for joy outside of ourselves? Because that's the key, right? Joy here is foundational. It's within you. It isn't something that we chase after in the outer world. But finding our joy is a root center pressure. So that pressures us to move out into the world to express our joy. The next gate the moon will go to is one that we're all familiar with, the gate of struggle. It's a human trait to struggle and struggle, but not suffer. This, there's no gate of suffering in human design. There's a gate of struggle and the struggle is about finding the right thing and sticking with it because it's going to bring us joy or it's going to bring us the excitement that we're looking for, the success that we're looking for. But note that these three gates, uh, the, the 58, the 38, and then next we'll talk about the 54, they're all moving over here toward the spleen center. The spleen center, which is a center for survival, a center for time, for intuition or instinct. But it is also the place where we have the sun moving through and triggering all of these different gates that can be construed as fear gates, right? The opposite of joy would be fear. And we have the potential to find ourselves caught up in fear. The gate 54 is a really interesting gate because it's a gate of ambition or drive. It is a gate that pushes us outward into the world. So it being defined by the moon might be a timekeeper telling us it's time to move outward. It's time to do something or to go somewhere, to be something more. The gate 54 is the beginning of the business circuitry in our human design. It is the beginning of our mystical journey or our journey to find spirituality, uh, to find our, our true spirit, our true nature. It is uh, the drive for us to go out in the world and create relationships. So 54 is a very important gate, and it is also ruled by Saturn 
Interesting, right? Gate 61, out of the root center, we jump up into the head center. And the head center is also a pressure center. The pressure in the head different from the root. The root pressures us to move out and do. The pressure in the head is about answering questions. It is about thinking. And it is about ta uh, sometimes taking action on thoughts and ideas and inspiration. But usually that would be something that I would frown, uh, I, I would have you frown upon doing it that way, because it is often doing things out of inspiration and not necessarily from truth. So being inspired, for example, by the gate 61 here, which is the gate of awe and wonder. And in its lowest expression is psychosis, where we keep trying to get out in the world doing things um, based on inspiration or ideas that aren't our own. Or we're out there trying to prove that this idea that we got is correct and it's for us and it was not meant for us, right? We, we can't make decisions from that head center. It's a place for awe and inspiration, but lower down in the body is where we get to make decisions. And then we jump back from the head into the root center again at the gate 60. And the gate 60 is called the gate of limitation. I I meant to, to even change that word because I think limitation doesn't quite say, I, I think it has a negative connotation to it. So let's reframe limitation, shall we? It would be about accepting the boundaries through which we have to move in order to get to where we want to go. So when we're, when we merge our cars onto the freeway, let's say, or we move out onto a road, we have to accept the limitations of the roads. We can't like just decide, oh, I'm, you know, going to just drive down the shoulder, right? Because I want to, uh, because that's not the, that is not in the acceptable boundary of what we do on a road. If you're on uh, a, a city street, you can't just decide I'm going to just jump up onto the sidewalks and drive my car down the sidewalks because you would be outside of the boundaries, right? That's the place for the pedestrians, not for the cars. So limitation is a, 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 an energy that holds us to boundaries that are acceptable, accepting, so that we can go where we want to go. It holds us to structure and form. So even though limitation itself doesn't sound very sexy, <laughs> it doesn't sound very <clears throat> wonderful, it's absolutely necessary, right? So what we have here in the gate 60 is the ability to hold to the boundaries while the gate three on its other side holds us to mutation. So we have the energy of change on one end of this channel. I'm just giving you this because it tells you why we have to have limitation. Because if you don't have the container for the mutation to happen, then the mutation can't happen. Change can't happen. Transformation can't happen. So the gate 60 is absolutely important here in helping us to hold the boundaries, the container for change, right? For transformation. So even if you have, if you have a goal to get from where you are today to some other place, whatever that might be in your career in your health and your finances, what in relationships, the container has to be what you are working from in order to take the steps toward the goal. I hope that makes sense. And so it makes perfect sense to me. Um, let me know what you guys think about it in the comments. Um, but these are definitely the things that we need to understand that these particular gates are taking us on a journey 
the journey is about how do we take how do we make stepwise forward progress if we don't have a plan right so we have to have a plan the goal the aspiration is the is the first step and then we have to take action steps and then we can go to success or move towards success so we're using the energy of ambition and drive to move us forward right to get us out of our stuck places when we look at the root center where we were just looking at the root center the um the pressure here is for us to endure long enough to evolve right to evolve so the drive the stress the pressure that we feel the drive to move forward is about endurance being able to persevere to have the stamina, the strength, the determination, all by the way, Saturn words, to get to where we want to go using focus and discipline, right? Focus and discipline. These are all Saturnian, Saturnian things. But because those Saturnian things lead us into the spleen center, and also because the sun is at the spleen center, we have also survival awareness on our minds, in our hearts, in our energy field. We have uh, the pressure, is it pressure? I think it is. I think it's the pressure to survive. So the fear might be that this new thing, this new thing I'm going to do, or this new relationship I'm going to enter into, or this new financial commitment or whatever it is, is going to create uh, a fear in me. It's going to stress me in some way, even though intuitively I might know that this is exactly what I need to do, it may trigger initially at least that survival awareness. Why? Because the spleen center's lowest energy frequency is about alarm, alarm bells that ring. Now, I think the alarm bells that ring for us become habits, right, in some respects, because these false evidence appearing real, fears, fear, the acronym, are things that we get into a habit of of doing or of stopping us, um, a pathway to self-sabotage perhaps, or not getting what we want or keeping us safe. And I'm using safe in quotes because we are safe, right? If we stay and do nothing right here, this is a safe little bubble. If I sat here all day, likely the roof isn't going to cave in on me. Likely I'm not going to get bit by a dog. Likely I'm not going to blow up my life. I'm going to be fine sitting here. But does that create growth or a pathway to expansion? And Saturn is really helping us pave the, the road to success, to expansion through constriction, expansion through constriction. But the constriction doesn't have to take us into fear. It can help us to just have the boundaries, the limits that are going to help us get to where we want to go. Okay. And the spleen center as well is the center for intuition. And this week, right this minute, the sun is sitting at the gate of intuition. So we're all intuitively guided. We all have access to intuition. All of you, everybody has the spleen center. It might be defined in your case, meaning it's colored in, or it might be open, meaning it's white. You might not have any gates at all on it. You might have some gates hanging on it, but everybody has that center in their human design. Therefore, everybody has access to intuition or instinctual awareness. That means that we all sort of know in the moment whether something is correct for us or not. 
Now, those of you who in your human design that are emotionally defined or have definition in the solar plexus, you're designed to wait for time for your emotions to get on board with what your intuition may already be guiding you to, right? But those of you who have the spleen defined and it is your authority, you know in the moment, but it isn't a voice that keeps coming at you. Alarm isn't something that keeps coming back. It is something that speaks in the moment and we either listen or we don't, right? So intuition has a smaller voice. It's always with us. It's always there for guidance. And when we listen, it brings us into presence, which is in this now moment. So the spleen also rules time and time is the now in this moment, right? Um, in the gate 57, where the sun is right now, we might be fearing the future. But if we're looking ahead to the future, if we're, if we're looking at what may happen tomorrow, then we're not in the now, right? So if we're sitting here in this moment and in this moment, all the signs are that we need to move in that direction or we need to do this, call that person, go there. That's what we need to act on because the now is all we have. Presence is in the now. We might fear that in the future, maybe that relationship won't work or maybe that financial decision will blow up in our faces. But that's why we have intuition. The guidance that we have, right, is either we listen in the moment to the truth that we're discovering or we don't right? But to fear the future means that we cannot be in the moment. God, I hope all that makes sense to you guys, because the, the spleen as a, a time piece is one that we have to be able to uh, be in the now. That's the only moment we have. We don't have the future. We don't have the past because we don't have life there. We don't breathe there, at least not in this moment. I hope that makes sense. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to go back a bit. Um, Ms. Informed in Motion. Oh, hello to you. I am really trying to move out and get some difficult things accomplished in my personal life with my family while working in a very hectic field outside my home. I don't know my HDS human design 1565. I think that must be your birthday. So you're a Capricorn, right? So here we are today talking about Capricorn energy. What I would love you to do misinformed in motion is to go to my website, which I listed earlier as www.living-astrology.com and request your free human design chart and report. Right away, you're going to get orientation to what is my authority? What is my type? And with my type, what is my strategy? And that's going to be able to help guide you. So for example, if you are someone who is designed to uh, as a generator, you're designed to respond to opportunities that show up in your outer world. And then you have an authority that helps you to determine if that's the best decision for you or not. So um, if you want to go to my website and get that, you also are going to need your birth time and your birth place. And then I can do the chart for you so that that works for you. And let's see, time-wise, we're already getting a little bit late, but um, uh, if we have some time, maybe we can take a quick look, but you'll have to text me your birth time and birthplace. Does that make sense? Uh, okay, JLo, this looks like a busy week for me, 28, 
I have my personality Earth and Uranus. Will that be amplified since Uranus sits there at gate 28? Um, I'm not sure what you're talking about, gate 28. Uranus is at the gate 2. Um, may, oh, maybe in your in your your birth chart, it's at 28. Well, it'll definitely be um, amped up a bit once the sun moves into the gate 28, which won't be until the last week of this month, October 25th. So you have a little bit of time and space. But let's see right now uh, where the other inner planets are. So today we have nobody is at 28 today. So that's a good thing. You get a little bit of a rest. We have Mercury at the gate 48, which the fear in the 48, remember, is inadequacy. The uh, planet uh, Mars, because it's in a conjunction still with the sun and uh, it's sitting at the gate 57 as well. So our action principle, Mars, is sitting at a gate that can trigger fear of the future. So we have to know that that's up in our faces right now. So if you're fearing, if you're you're afraid of the, the future or what might happen, if you're going to fail, then that's a fear, right? But if you're getting the indication in your outer world that this is what you need to do, or if you're being invited into something, then it's time for you to really consider, is it time to move forward? And I'm saying that there's go signs now, right? Where we didn't have that necessarily over the course of the summer. Oh, let's see. Yesterday I had a bit of pressure in my head. I wonder if I felt the moon shifting beforehand. I do have gate 24 with Mercury. Uh, yep. And, and later this week, later this month, Uranus is going to move back to the gate 24. So that's going to bring up, remember the gate 24 is a gate of blessings. So the blessing is when we release ourselves from the old stories and we see with gratitude where we've been, where we are now, and where we are wanting to go, right? Blessings. So uh, thank you, Christine. Stephanie Worth says, I liked the analogy of merging into the highway. I'll think more on the container analogy and how it applies. Thank you. Yes, the container, right? The um, Your bedside clock needs winding. No, it's an atomic clock. But my husband likes to set it ahead because he doesn't like to be late. So he sets it at all kinds of weird times. And the other night, um, the alarm went off in the middle of the night because he'd accidentally hit like it wasn't middle of the night. It was like 4 a.m. So we both start to get up at 4 a.m. because we think it's 6 a.m. And then I looked at my own Fitbit and went, wait a minute, it isn't time to get up. So kind of funniness that you're mentioning the clock. Um, JLo, my design Mars at 10.5. Interesting. I wonder if that is where the phrase love and war came from. Interesting, because the gate 10 is the gate of self-love, but it can be a place where if it connects to someone else's gate 20 in the throat, perhaps, it can be a place where criticism can come in from the other person and it can undermine your feelings of self-love. It can be where verbal battles begin. It can be about someone... Uh, becoming disempowering with words instead of empowering with words. And yeah, I would say a lot of love and war begins with the words that we choose to say. So there's always that. Now, having brought that up, thank you, J, uh, J Lo. That's a great segue into um, 
the next thing that uh, I want to talk about, and that is Mercury in retrograde today is coming into an inconjunct with the planet Uranus. And it's it's building. So remember, we talked last week about inconjuncts. We talked a lot about them, about the need that we have with an inconjunct because they're and they're energies that are not seeing each other. They're not uh, in sync with one another. Right. So if they're not in sync with one another, another, then it's hard for them to work together. So Mercury in retrograde in Libra is having a tough time understanding Uranus in Taurus. Right. And because Mercury rules our thinking and speaking, and because Uranus also rules our higher mind, then we might have some disorganized, impulsive thoughts going on today. Our words needing to be monitored a bit and uh, misunderstandings easily occurring because we, we, we are not speaking. <laughs> it's like they're speaking two different languages, right? Mercury speaking French, and over here we have Taurus speaking or Uranus and Taurus speaking some other language, they don't get one another, right? But there's a, a, a little bit of a common thing theme going on here. Mercury's in Libra, and Libra's ruled by Venus. Uranus is in Taurus. Taurus is ruled by Venus. So the one thing that I can tell you as an antidote to some of this confusing, totally upsetting energy might be to default to love right? Always love. It's always about love. Decision-making can be more difficult for the next day or so. If you get into your head, if you get into your head and you start thinking and, you know, going in that rat race, going round and round with these different thoughts, then you're likely going to find yourself confused. You are also going to need to watch the tone of the words that you use with people, right? Because for example, when we're texting with one another or when we're, you know, on Messenger or even in Facebook, the words you say have no tone. They're toneless. So you might say something and you mean one thing, but because there's nobody to hear the tone, they can misunderstand what you say. That's what the next day or so this little scritchiness in this energy might bring us. So be careful what you say because there isn't tone. But then also when you are talking to someone, face-to-face -face or on the phone where you can actually hear one another, watch your tone, right? You can say a lot of things um, and it can be accepted or rejected by people based on the tone that you're using in your voice, right? That's important. So we may be a little out of sync with one another um, and it might be based in communication or based in some kind of quinky dink in your mind that some quirkiness in the mind that you're thinking one thing, the other person's thinking something else. Um, so take your time in communicating with one another. Take your time in forming what it is you want to say, at least for the next couple of days. Uh, we're going to experience this again a little bit. Uh, after Mercury moves forward, because he'll move back across the same degree where this is occurring today. Um, no, that is not a clock under the panda. That is a picture of my grandson, Tom. Um, modules, Saturn is in my 10th house and my Mars return is any day as well. So glad to be here with you. Love, Janet. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, so let's talk about a Mars return because that's interesting. Mars returns can only happen once every two years. And that's because it takes about 24 months for Mars to move completely around your chart. So wherever Mars is in your chart by birth is 
um, going to be returned to about every two years. So we have a cycle here. And this is a cycle of forward motion, a cycle of taking action. And what you might find as you start to build toward the return is that you're frustrated, that you might be feeling anger or upset because things aren't working out the way that you want them to. You may feel tired. You may feel more fatigued. You might feel more like giving up um, because the energy is waning. After Mars swings across the natal placement in your chart, you've now gotten a new kick, if you will, of energy. So for for you in this case, modules, it's a possibility that you're getting ready to have this new burst of energy, a new source of, you know, forward momentum. So that can feel really good. And with Saturn in your 10th house, it's about choosing you, right? Choosing your direction that you, based on your gifts and your talents and what you want to share with the world, that you're claiming your authority and your authenticity in it as you start to move forward. JLo, OMG. Yes, I think that is some sort of odd thing I have since I taught myself to focus more on tones because of my deaf daughter. Right? Right? Tone. It's so important. So important. Uh, okay. So what time do I have here? We have about eight minutes. So what I would like to do is first, if you have questions, go ahead and put those in the uh, chat box. But I also want to pull us some cards uh, for the week. One, I'm going to pull as an animal and... I guess dragons are sort of animals too. So I want to draw us a dragon card. Why? Because dragons give us power. They're magic. There's power in the magic that dragons can bring us. And Londa sent me something. I got to look it back up because it was so clever. I thought, of course, it was clever. I'm sure she thought it was clever too, which is why I got it from her. And here it is. It says, People should seriously stop expecting normal from me. We all know it's never going to happen. Let me see if I can make the dragon figure. Can you guys see that? Uh, it's kind of hard with the phone. God dang, look at all my fingerprints on my phone. Here we go. <laughs> dragon. So it made me think when she sent that to me about dragons and dragon energy. So we're going to hold a dragon, hold the space for a dragon to visit us for this week to help us gain insight into where is our power? Where is our power? And oh, there you are. Water dragon helps you flow easily round obstacles. Christ, light and love are flowing. Develop your psychic abilities. Go with the flow. Here we go. This is our dragon for the week, water dragon. So let's see what Water Dragon has to share with us. Oh, there's no number. I've got to go back to the table of contents. Okay. So Water Dragon. Fourth dimensional Water Dragons are a soft green color and very beautiful. They undulate with the flow around them and help everything to move forward with grace and tranquility. Their service work is to maintain the constant movement of Christ's light in the waters of our planet. They also help us develop our psychic abilities and intuition. How marvelous. Here's the guidance. The message the elemental water dragons are bringing you is to flow round your challenges with loving intent. If you ask them, they will help you look for an easy way to circumnavigate your challenges and to deal with people lovingly. To enable this to happen, they will help you to develop your intuition and psychic abilities by touching your third eye and allowing the petals of this psychic center to open. When you listen to your inner wisdom and trust that the water dragons will guide you, 
the course of your life will run more smoothly. Ask them to cleanse the cells of your body for this will enable you to shine your light even more brightly. Then your guidance is to relax so that they can access your energy fields and pour the golden Christ light of pure unconditional love into them. Consciously absorb this golden Christ light and flow with it. This will bring you love, wisdom, and healing and enable you to travel effortlessly on your ascension path. It will also allow you to direct and help others with calm and integrity. Ha <laughs> ha, there we go, a water dragon. Love it, that's perfect for us. Now, let's see if we can get an... Remember these two? These were from Friday, right? We had bat, rebirth, and butterfly. That is also somewhat rebirth or transformation, metamorphosis. I would say those two are still activating uh, as we're still in this process of change. Where'd you get those, Tom? Uh, are you on your phone? Ooh, now we get koala spirit. Spirit has a plan. I love it. Koala spirit. And number 35, and that's an eight. Spirit has a plan. It's a beautiful card, right? And I don't think we've gotten koala recently, so it was upside down, by the way, so it was in protection. But I'm going to read both because I'm not totally convinced it was upside down. Maybe that's just because we need to hear the whole story. Okay. So here's the upright message. In nature, the koala moves slowly through the branches of the eucalyptus tree, leisurely chewing the leaves, reminding us that life is not a race or a competition. Chasing around after every distraction can keep us from recognizing that we have all we need and that spirit will always be there with gifts to sustain us. You are being asked to trust that by moving slowly with faith in the abundance that is everywhere, surrendering to a power greater than yourself, you will be able to experience the manifestation of your desire. As you take your time enjoying the riches available to you right now, sitting peacefully, you begin to radiate the joy and abundance you seek. Spirit is here to help you discover happiness, pleasure, and contentment, all gifts that are yours now and in the future. Have faith and trust in Spirit's plan for you and know that you are loved and cherished. Love it. Here's the protection message. Are you feeling uneasy and mistrustful of the world? Have you been hiding in a safe spot, afraid to venture out because you're convinced that life and other people will disappoint you? Koala spirit has appeared to let you know that your faith is misplaced. The present safety you seek is already passing away because all things are temporary and outer conditions are always changing. Find your safety by placing your faith and trust in spirit who will grow the abundance that is already yours. Perhaps you are acting slowly and overly cautious because you lack faith that there is more for you out there than what you know. You may have boxed yourself into a safe place that has nothing else to give you and become so familiar with it that you have forgotten to explore. Are you feeling pessimistic and convinced there is nothing more out there for you? Koala spirit reminds you that the self that self-care is meant to replenish you so that you can venture out again in faith, trusting that there is no limit to the joy spirit wants you to experience. Be good to yourself and reconnect with spirit to reclaim your faith in things yet unseen. I can't believe how many Capricorn and Saturn words there were in that 
uh, reading. So for the week, we have a koala and we have water dragon. Wisdom, right? Uh, that is it for me today. Let me uh, see here. I love you guys. I love that you guys are always chatting with one another. That's so cool. Uh, okay, so that is it for me. Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and I will see you again on Friday. Take care. Much love. Mwah. Bye for now.